0: We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these Chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest on Horse Chats is Belinda Lloyd. Belinda, how are you today, Belinda? I'm very well, thanks, Gwyneth. How are you? Good. Belinda, I'd like to introduce everyone to Belinda. She's a show jumping specialist coach. She's normally a competitor. She's got a slight... um, it's like pregnancy at the moment, which is holding her back a little bit, but normally she's a competitor and a trainer. She likes to focus with her students on position. She follows the George Morris School of Thought, function follows form, and really likes to create the thinking riders. Right. Belinda, we normally will start off with a favourite quote. What have you got for us? Uh,
1: well, my quote for today is, where there's a will, there's a way.
0: All right. I'm sure you've got a story with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. And I just like that uh, quote, you know, especially for for kids and um I'm from the country myself. Um growing up in Canamble and Dubbo, and New South Wales and now I live in Wagga Wagga, so I'm you know, I'm used to regional Australia and um I find this quite particularly important for, you know, country kids because we do sometimes find there are restrictions with, you know, finance, locality. You've got to go a long way for competition, things like that. So I just want to, you know, really let let people know out there that, you know, if you, if you want to do it, there is a way to do it. You've just got to think outside the box. If you've got a dream and a passion for the horses, you can make it happen. Um, you, and, you know, if you need help, ask for it. The worst thing that's going to happen is, is the answer no. You can just try
0: another avenue. But, you know, get out there and have a go. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you follow some of the stories that we've had of guests who've gone on to compete at high levels and, and do some really good things within the horse industry, yeah, they've come Absolutely, from adversity. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Country kids. I mean, look at look at Rowan Lewis just this week at Spruce Meadows. Amazing. Good friend of mine, Rowan. We grew up together in the mm-hmm. juniors and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so very proud of him and an amazing story.
0: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Belinda, tell us about. An early memory that you would have had with horses, you know, maybe something that you learned or learned not to do. What have you got? Um,
1: I guess possibly going back to that quote again, i when I, I grew up with horses, um both my parents rode, uh, we lived out when like I said before, I we lived out at Canamble. Um I just wanted to be with the horses all the time, so I take myself off up the paddock. Um, to go to the horses and my mother would often tell me about how she'd look out and find me with three buckets stacked on top of each other mm-hmm. getting on the pony by myself. Many, many times, you know, the buckets would fall over and I'd fall on the ground and cry and then I'd get up and have another go. So um, I guess I spent a lot of time with the horses um, when when I was a kid and uh, now as as an adult and even as a adolescent, I did a lot of reading and a lot of, um, you know, natural horsemanship type thing, and a lot of the same um, themes come through. I think if if you go out and spend time with your horses, you'll find that you do start to build a relationship and build a connection with them just by just by interacting with them. And I think I had a lot of that at a young age. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, that, I think that's good. And I think you know anyone who spends time with horses and. And is open to that interaction. You know, they realise that they've yeah. got, got their own language. You know, they may not speak to us in English, but they'll tell us lots of things. Absolutely, and if you observe, then you can learn. Yeah. Tell us about a career with horses. Did you always think that you were going to have a career with horses, or was there a decision that led you down that path? I guess I always wanted to do I wanted to do, and as
1: my teachers would tell me. Um, yeah, I definitely took up as much time as I was allowed to with the horses. Um, I I always wanted to do something. I don't know that I actually knew exactly what I wanted to do, um, and I didn't well, – when I was a kid, I thought I'm going to be a coach. I just thought I would do something, um, which, you know, I have done a, a lot of different things with horses along the way, and um uh, I I rode overseas for quite a while as well after after school and university. I did go to university because I knew I would need an education, so I have a marketing degree as well, which I have used a little bit, and it has helped me a little bit with my business. But um, I came back to the horses because I, I really love it, and and now I love passing on the knowledge that I have gained um, in my own journey. Um, and and also you know the the research and the the training that I've done with the
0: the different different people that I have come across in my life mm-hmm. what do you think's the best thing about working with horses? uh well, I guess
1: doing something that you want to do every day um, yeah. yeah I just i get to get to do something that I love I love to see I love to see my students reaching their goals and and building a relationship, moving up the grades, you know, I love to see them having that light bulb moment with their horses and and starting to really understand, what you know, what they're trying to do. But also, like I said before, kind of having that their own journey about it, not just the copy-paste, you know, like this is what you have to do now and this is what you have to do then. Yeah, they're kind of thinking um you know what's best for my horse and how should i react i always tell my students that um you know you're the one riding your horse and you should know them the best yes i can help guide you um into what what probably is the best way but you know you kind of have to think for yourself and get get there on your own and think is going to be the best way so that they trust you. Mm,
0: mm, mm. I like the fact that you said, well, I've gone out and I've done a few different things with horses because I think if you've got a broader experience as a practitioner with horses, if you've got that broader experience, you're going to be a better coach for it.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I'm certain that every single case you would talk to would tell you that they've made mistakes um in their past, you know, not only with their writing but probably with their coaching as well. So, you know, the more experiences you can get, you can learn from it and you do have to have that open mind to think, well, you know, where could I have done better here, there and and whatever. Um but having the different experiences certainly makes it a nice rounded um, person to pass on pass on that kind of knowledge and and um, and also be articulate about it as well, which I think is
0: a, quite an important trait for a coach. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> to be able to get your point across. Definitely, definitely. If people would like to get into the horse industry, what sort of things would you like to tell them to do?
1: Um, I still think that going and um, being a working student for someone, or you know, volunteering. In some way, this is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you want to uh, get get involved, obviously, with someone that agree with their philosophy, and um, you you like the way that they do things. I personally was a working student for Colleen Brook, and she's still my mentor. So was um, I actually for a while. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Right. a lot of people, I think a lot of people were. And, you know, Colleen, and I, I'm sure, knows Colleen is just a wealth of knowledge and mm. we're, we're all out of to write a book. But I think that that definitely has made a really big impact on my life, not just my coaching life. And um, so I think it's really good to, if you can get in that way, even if you can't go and live somewhere and do that, if you go and just go and help out. Like, again, if you don't have the money to go and do something like that. If you go and help, you go and watch, do whatever you can, soak up every little bit that you can, then then when you do get some money, you can move on. Yes. But I yeah. think that, that that is the best way to get out there and do it and don't expect to be paid lots and lots of money because, you know, if you're going into horses because of the money, then you're probably in it for the wrong reasons.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Lots of rewards from – well, not initially – you know, I think initially you've got to learn mm. a lot. I wouldn't say then that there's not ever. I just think that not initially. No.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. That's, you've got to go into it because you love it and you, you want to, uh,
0: yeah. And I think once you've got that knowledge and got that specialty, that's when there's financial rewards as well as, the, you know, emotional rewards. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us about people who've influenced you and helped you with your career. You've mentioned Colleen, I think you talked about um, George Morris. Yeah, so
1: like I said, Colleen, um, she's been a very big influence on my riding and coaching career. Um, I first met Colleen when I was probably about 14 or so. So, um, yeah, 25 years or so. Um, My parents and my grandfather, obviously, you know, they were – horse people, and they always gave me as much opportunity as they possibly could. Um, even given, you know, the financial um, restraints that, and that that we had living out a long way away that we were. Um, I, when I lived in America for a while in the early 2000s, so I lived, I was over there from about 2000 and two, three, something like that and I came home in 2010 um, there was a lot of different people over there including uh, Joe just who didn't live too far from me that I wouldn't train with and, and that system um, really did help I think um, make me a bit of a well-rounded jumping coach anyway they focus a lot on equitation over there and um, and it's I think it would be wonderful to have more of it in this country. I think possibly it's a problem just because of the numbers maybe over here that we have, but, um, but again, back to my philosophy of, you know, function follows form and and that kind of thing. I think it is very important to make sure that our riders right from the beginning are taught to ride correctly anyway. Yes, yes. Um, and then you can move on to, um, all those other things because, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of riders that we have are very brave riders, they're they're great and, and they're definitely willing to have a jump in front of them and go a bit faster but definitely if you can get that position just, just where it needs to be, you can make it even better and, um, and look what kind of riders you can produce, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we're really showing the world that we, we can produce some really great riders right from the start and, um. If the kids just keep on getting out there and riding their horses and ponies and having a go at it, that's great. Um, but just try and try and think of the the position over the fence, and you'll be you'll be well ahead, years ahead.
0: Yeah. Do you want to tell us about maybe a standout horse that you think's helped you, influenced you, helped you in your career?
1: Ah, uh, yes. I so my. I will call him my favourite horse. I know you shouldn't do that, but I will. And he did influence me a lot. I had a an off the track thoroughbred that I bought when I was 13 years old with my own money, about $500, I think, from the local horse dealer, which he was known for sending horses to the knackers <laughs> that, And I had to go, you know, yep, yep. that's what had to happen. Um, and his name was Barney. I, I his show name I called him Good Vibration. He was very hot. And difficult right from the start Um, But I loved him And he could jump He was just amazing So I brought him up And obviously I was a teenager So I made a lot of mistakes with him But um, he was just a fantastic horse We went on to jump World Cups together And um, and we actually were clear in our first World Cup Down in uh, Werribee I'm sure it was in Werribee Our first World Cup when I was 19 years old So I loved him very much. I Had opportunities to sell him, and I never did, <laughs> just yep. because I knew that if I did, then I, you know, possibly would be throwing away my chance to ride at that um, Grand Prix World Cup level. So we competed in World Cups for a couple of seasons before sound issues put up with him, mm-hmm. and um, and then he lived out his days at my parents' place and. Passed away at the ripe old age of about 26, I think it was. Wow. But yeah, but he was just a wonderful horse. He had a, he had a wonderful personality, very quirky. Mm. He would often let himself out of things. He had to make sure that you tied the gate down <laughs> with several <Yes>. several chains <laughs> and everything else you could find because otherwise you'd look out and here he'd be. Yeah. And he was the type of horse who got very upset if you ever took other horses somewhere and he didn't get to go and – yeah, he was he was a great horse, and even though he's you know like further on in those, I remember at Sydney Royal we'd be going in the the grand parade, and he'd be you know jig jogging around and going sideways and everything. But he was I never felt unsafe on him. Mm-hmm. It was just something that he
0: did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. What do you think was your proudest moment with him?
1: Um, I guess that what, what I mentioned, you know, taking mm-hmm. a horse that I that I brought up myself and educated yeah, myself yeah, to yeah. World Cup level. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, I made a lot of mistakes with him, and if I had my time over, I definitely would have done things differently. But um, but we learned a lot together, mm-hmm. and um, and I did learn a lot with him. And um, I was very, very lucky and grateful um, to find a horse like that because, I mean, it's a pure fluke. It's not like we went in there knowing that that's what he would be. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah, that's probably the... Very proud of, of what we did with that horse.
0: Thinking about the time that you had overseas, you know, because there's reasons to go overseas, what was the reasons? But what sort of challenges did you have while you're in the US?
1: Um, yeah, it's tough, I think, especially um, coming from here, because you kind of don't know until today what it's going to be like, even if you have contact. So I was lucky when I did get over there, I first went to England. I'd had a friend of mine set me up with a job so that that was great and that really helped but even when you you know you get it set up with that and then you get over there sometimes it's not exactly what you thought it would be or or what you were going to do so um, I guess you've got to go into it with an open mind don't just think right well I'm going to go here and I'm going to do this and and then I'm going to ride here and ride there. It kind of doesn't happen like that. You kind of got to go with the roll and punches a bit and flow along. And, and um, absolutely, you still need to keep your goals. Um, but you do need to maybe be flexible in some areas um, to make it work. So, yeah, I, I, was, like I, said, I was lucky to get set up with the job that I had. And then I met different people. And then that took me in different directions. I never actually had um, had a thought to go to America in the beginning. That wasn't my intention. Was actually to go to England and Europe, which I did. But then I ended up in America, and and it was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful that I ended up over there, and I still miss it a lot. And um, and I and I learned a lot. So yeah, you just got to be be open to opportunities. And
0: yeah. I like that with you saying you've got goals, but the the goals are flexible and being open to opportunities. Yes. I think otherwise, sometimes you can bypass if you're so fixed with your you can. goals. This is what I'm doing. You can get opportunities and not take advantage of them.
1: Yes, that's right. You can, and you know, I mean, there's always if you go and take an opportunity and it's not really what you thought, then you can always of get out and go and do something else. But if you, you know, like I say, if you you never go, you never know. So. Yep. If it sounds like there might be something there, then I'd say, yeah, give it a go.
0: Thinking about putting your coach's cap on now, you know, if you're going to go out and teach a group of uh, students, you know, that are interested in show jumping, you haven't seen them before. What do you think is a common fault you see? You know, you might even see riders at competitions. What do you think is a common fault that you'd like to just get in there and fix?
1: Um, A lot, a lot that I find in a lot of the clinics that I do is I need to get them to practice a lot of two point Mm -hmm. and it's not always but but i do find it's quite common that a a lot of riders just they just don't practice they just don't practice out of their stirrups so when i then i ask them to stand up in the stirrups i ask them to two point something like that then they they have a really hard time in balancing and you know their legs start to hurt or whatever or you know, start to balance on the horse's mouth, which is a pretty good indication that they haven't done much of it. So um I immediately I have them standing standing in the stirrups or um, you know just just getting out of the saddle basically and being comfortable with balancing in the irons and not not always sitting on their bottom and or using, using the reins or something to to get that balance and get that um, sense of security because, you know, I mean, as George Morris said, jumping is fast riding. You've got to be ready to get up and go over those fences. So you can't be sitting back in that um, armchair position and then think, oh, I've got to the jump now. I'm going to lean forward and go over it. You've got to be ready so everything is nice and smooth and easy for the horse. You're making it easy for the horse, so um yeah, I get them to do that. obviously, there are different times in in the course when you need to use all different types of positions, but definitely, if you practice your two point, you're going to um, you know get make your legs stronger, but definitely your core muscles that's the other thing that I really focus on with my riders is making their
0: core a lot stronger okay. I think that's just a good tip itself. It? Yep. Mm. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. All right. Now, Belinda, thinking about what you've learned over quite a few years, have you got a book that you could recommend to our listeners, something that you can go back and say, I learned from that book, you know, and that could complement their training?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, this this was a tough question because uh, there so many different ones that you could say. I mean, I guess I would just say anything by George Morris that you can find. Yep. You know, um, he has that. I think it's Hunter Equitation. I can't even yep. quite think of the, the name of it now. Hunter Seed Equitation, is it? Hunter okay. Seed Equitation. There you go. Yeah, so there's lots of different things in there. I guess maybe the title of the book can be a little bit misleading because it might make you think, oh, well, that's for hunters. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's not. It's, uh, it's a great writing book and it's it's got a lot in there about flat work, position, um, training the horse, everything. So... You know, it's, uh, it's great for whatever people explore at and even if you're a very experienced rider and you're looking for some information, um, mm-hmm. there's good exercises in there that you can go
0: through and find and, uh, yeah, rejuvenate your training program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember, you can find all the books recommended by our guests at horsechats.com slash books. You can have a look at the guest page for the individual book they recommended or just look at the recommended books by order of popularity at horsechats.com slash books. All right. What are you looking forward to at the moment? I know that you're you're pregnant with twins at the moment, which has (laughs) slowed down your, um, your competition career, but you're looking forward to getting back in the saddle or what have you got going in the next 12 months, two years? What do you think?
1: Yeah, um, well, obviously, getting back into that will be great. I've got a couple of really nice hours that I have students that help on, on me every now and again um, that are looking very nice, and uh, I guess it's it's good for lucky for me too because they, they can just take it nice and easy. I'm not in a rush with them to get going. So, uh, yeah, probably sometime next year I'll get back into swing of riding, hopefully, (laughs) I have some help. We've actually got a really big show coming up here in about a month's time, the New South Wales Country Show Jumping Championships on the October long weekend that I'm the show secretary for since I'm not riding. (laughs) So uh, I'm busily planning that and um, it should be a really great show. I'm really looking forward to it. We have some really good horses and riders coming and... Um, that should be great. And, yeah, we'll get back into my coaching. I've got students riding all over the place and I'll be very excited for them to reach their goals this year and
0: uh, and next year and beyond. Good, good. All right, Belinda, in a couple of sentences, can you summarise your philosophy with horses? Wow. Um,
1: <laughs> I guess be be a thinking rider. Uh, think about what's happening and why and what, what might help to make it better You know your horse the best. So I would say, yes, absolutely, having a coach is is very important. They definitely help you from going right off the rails um, when you do start to take a tangent. But I think you need to listen to your horse and think think about what's happening. Don't just shut down and go, I don't know, and have a think about it.
0: All right, Belinda, if people would like to contact you, what's the best way to do it? They can do it on horsechats.com slash Belinda Lloyd or go to horsechats.com, search for Belinda or search for Lloyd. But have you got your contact details there just in case someone's waiting?
1: I do. Uh, You can find me on Facebook. So I have a Facebook page that's called Lloyd Equestrian, double L-O-Y-D. So you can look me up there. Or my website is www.cold.org lloydequestrian.com
0: okay perfect all right Belinda thank you for talking to us wish you the best with your twins and hopefully we'll get you back sometime soon and it might be before you've had the twins or maybe we'll leave (laughs) it till afterwards we'll leave that to you but hopefully we'll talk to you soon wonderful thank you so much Glynis I appreciate it thank you Belinda bye 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 if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe